A playoff recap of the series that everyone expected and wanted to see for the West Division Final between Colorado and Vegas. The team separated from winning the President's Trophy this year on a tiebreaker for regulation wins. And also, the no one wanting Vegas to win the cup right away because they haven't suffered through enough losing seasons. Colorado fans can get their collective hate on for Vegas. I'm just not sure the instant winning franchise narrative passes the full admissions test of NHL hockey history for Avs fans to be citing as a reference point. And truthfully, I would have liked to have seen Vegas suffer through missing the playoffs and having to build a winner. I'm over it. So I'm going to get grunge and crack an open moving past that here too. Colorado fans should hate Vegas for winning the West Division Series between two true Stanley Cup contenders this year. The series I'm going to recap now for you. Vegas, I'm sure, is well aware what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Kind of like the team's young hockey fan base is Vegas-born and pretty sure everyone else in the NHL doesn't like them. Colorado presently most. You could say the Vegas team feeds on that narrative. What we need to respect is Vegas has and is going to have a good team that spends to the cap and try and win every year. They haven't won because it's not guaranteed even when you do that, just like winning the regular season's President's Trophy is not a guarantee for winning the Stanley Cup either. What it does tell you is that Colorado is in the Cup conversation and a team that will spend to the cap in its window to win as well right now. As both West Division teams this year and in the future going forward, both Western Conference teams, they won't actually ever meet in the Stanley Cup Final. And that one only, Colorado or Vegas, in any given year over the next several years is going to be able to go to the Stanley Cup Final is probably going to create a bitter rivalry. Welcome to the beginning of that story. Central Division Hockey, the podcast on the Colorado versus Vegas NHL West Division Final Playoff Recap Podcast. The winner, Vegas, four games to Colorado, two in six games in the best of seven West Division Final Series. The recaps are not season reviews for the teams that make up the Central Division in 2021-22. The focus of the podcast is on the West Division Final Series. I would say no fan base took their playoff exit, another second round exit, as hard as Colorado did of the focus teams. A President Trophy winning team that was on a win the Stanley Cup or bust mentality. I do not consider Colorado my team. I do have a rant coming on. I picked Colorado to win the West Division in the regular season. They did. I like how GM Joe Sackick built this team. I like the style of hockey Colorado plays, and they were my cup favorite for two years running now. So, being wrong, well, if you know anything about me, let's say I commit when I'm wrong. That doesn't mean I like it. It's to say, Colorado fans listening, your team let me down, so I do have an understanding of your disappointment. The next part of this podcast is in following all eight teams that make up the Central Division in 2021-22 is designed for better objectivity for 
all of them. That's the element every market falls into the trap of covering with their own team. The perspective of balance because cheering for a team is closer to your heart and it should involve the mind if you want to play armchair GM or coach or critique the team at all. To the point, on Twitter, at 303Hockey, a Denver, Colorado-based local hockey coverage media source, had the typical other hockey market take on Vegas having too much success too soon for an expansion team that you don't want them to win. We all know that narrative. They need to go through years of having a bad team to fully appreciate it, like this was an expansion team from 2000s, for example. All I said in reply was, Pretty much every NHL team but one can say this, and it's actually Colorado. Colorado is going to have to use this series loss or other reasons to hate on Vegas. Colorado fans can hate Vegas, but here's a quick history lesson for the Colorado market that they need reminding. The Colorado Avalanche won in their inaugural season after relocating from Quebec City. And while I get GM Sackick and the organizations acknowledging that history with the reversed retro jerseys this season, just as one example, you might want to appreciate there was probably next to no one following that team from Colorado till they showed up in town. You can learn the history, but the Nordique struggles belong to Quebec City. It's comparable to the number of Winnipeggers who followed the Atlanta Thrashers prior to showing up in Winnipeg. It's next to no one until the team arrives in the new market. It's about the same. You know, it's the Quebec City market I feel got the most raw deal. The team was on the verge and had a good season the year prior and lost in the second round, I believe, as well. In 94-95, that 25 years later, some fans weren't alive, I guess, to remember. What sucks is Quebec City had to watch their hockey team win the Stanley Cup the first year after they left town. So, good for Colorado, but the fan base that had an instant winner was Colorado, while Quebec City suffered to watch the team that they watched become good enough to win never did until the exact year they left. When I say Colorado was about as close to Vegas getting an instant cup contending team, a team that won in its inaugural season, in fact, most successful in the shortest time possible, it's actually Colorado, not even Vegas. The similarities to Vegas are closest found in Colorado, and maybe Avs fans should remember that. Also, ask yourself, what are the chances Vegas trades Marc-Andre Fleury to Colorado? If you said something close to no way in hell, that's probably right. Then ask yourself if Montreal trades cup-winning Hall of Fame goalie Patrick Waugh to hated provincial rival Quebec City. Would Waugh agree to go? No fucking way he would have. But with the team relocated to Colorado, the late brilliant GM Pierre Lacroix made that deal happen. And that was the final piece to putting Colorado over and to winning the cup in 95-96. Now, for the really old Colorado hockey fans, they may remember the six years of the Colorado Rockies, not the fucking baseball team, the NHL hockey team that became the New Jersey Devils after four years of mediocrity in Colorado. Oddly, they sucked for years in New Jersey as well, till GM Lou Lamorello drafted and developed and built a winner that won its first cup in 94-95. The last year Quebec was in the NHL. Had the Rockies hockey team, the neat caveat of this conversation, stayed in Colorado 
and built into a winner, Colorado could say they watched a team built from scratch to become a champion, and it would have had the Stanley Cup arrive in Colorado a season prior to the Avs actually doing it. To be clear, however, it's doubtful there are tons of old Colorado Rockies turned New Jersey Devil fans, and certainly in 2000 and 2001, when the teams met in the finals, that history wasn't being talked about either, the idea of Colorado actually playing itself. Now, in fairness, Colorado has suffered through rebuild years since their great success off the start. In fact, it's amazing GM Joe Sackick is still at the helm, as I'm sure all these great Az fans wanted him fired during the process because, like Vegas, you had a fucking instant winner. And sadly, this season listening to Altitude TV, you would think there wasn't a team close to being as good as Colorado in the NHL, like this team was the second coming messiah of hockey teams. And it's no wonder fans in Colorado lack perspective and were devastated by the second round loss. That said, regarding Altitude's coverage, I reserve the right to exclude Lauren Jabara from my rant. She works hard at understanding the game, doesn't take anything for granted, and it shows as she is thoughtful, insightful, and as the host, the best, quite honestly, saving grace of that otherwise more homer-than-most broadcast team. Except for Jabara, that broadcast team actually makes it harder to like a team in Colorado I do like in the style they play and the team makeup. Thankfully, one of the best center icemen in Joe Sackick to ever play the game of hockey, who is a great GM, is still the GM. The draft and development Colorado has is second to none in the NHL, and Colorado is back to cup contender status. But if you just want to trade away the team after the second round loss and fire the coach and GM, maybe the NHL could just move this really fucking good hockey team back to Quebec City. The other part is the West Division did get stuck with Vegas and Colorado in it this one year. And maybe the teams spend the next several playing each other in the conference finals instead of a divisional final. But while you may hate all teams as fans at will underscore brewer let me know he told me he hates my team too in my defense of vegas i hope he realizes i didn't pick vegas to win in the preview podcast for the west division for the regular season nor is vegas my quote-unquote team thing is will i picked your colorado team to finish first in the after training camp predictions you can go listen to it for the regular season colorado were my stanley cup favorite for two years in a row now I don't hate Colorado, and the truth is, I don't really hate Vegas anymore either. Vegas paid for a good team, $500 million to the league to get it. Look at, say, the Minnesota Wild expansion fee from 2000 or a relocation NHL fee versus what NHL ownership got from the Vegas group. Also understand, it still required having great hockey people to build that team through an expansion draft. That Vegas group hit a home run, and I think what history will tell us with the Seattle expansion this season, that the hockey people put in place in Vegas, not simply the money, is why Vegas is good. Maybe Seattle does duplicate the success, but I'm not so sure we should all assume they can. Building a Stanley Cup contending team is fucking hard. Maintaining it is harder. 
we may appreciate what Vegas did more simply when Seattle can't duplicate it. Time's going to tell on that. Vegas and their ownership group want to win the cup now, and they did go out and get top NHL free agent players and spend to try and win ever since they've come into the league. Every fan wants to feel their team is doing everything they can to win. Vegas does that. Vegas had a left-hand defense heavy group last season when they were eliminated. So what did they go do in the offseason? They added the top right-hand defensemen available in free agency to address it. So as we look at how this series went, I'm not throwing Colorado players under the bus, nor the coach or the GM. Here's why. Vegas lost a President's Trophy with the same points as Colorado because of a tiebreaker. And, as far as I'm concerned, the NHL has a good tiebreaker as it was regulation wins and Colorado in the regular season had more. I actually thought it was the best way to solve the point tie. But you couldn't find two NHL teams at the top of the league this year closest in a lot of team metrics than these two teams that met in the West Final. One team has to win while the other one loses. One team wins the Cup of 31, soon to be 32 NHL teams. That's one happy NHL market and 31 thoughts and prayers to all the others. Here's what you will get in this recap, Colorado fans. Objectivity of how the series went and why Colorado didn't win against another really fucking good hockey team. This isn't a hot take. Welcome to the beginning of the rivalry. First, we'll recap the games and follow with overall analysis of the series using the preview breakdowns and keys. Game 1 recap, Colorado 7, Vegas 1 in Colorado. The game winning goal, 947 left in the first with Colorado Already up a goal, Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog gets lost by Vegas's defensive zone coverage in the low circle, and that's a Colorado goal with a short side wrister that beats Vegas goalie Robin Leonard shelf off the cycle on a cross-seam pass from Colorado's Kale McCarr. Other goals, 4.55 into the first, Colorado goal, Miko Rantanen, backhander from the circle, posting in short side glove side on a three-on-two keep, opens the scoring. 104 into the second, Colorado goal, Brandon Saad, short side roof from the slot, off the rush, off a stretch pass, broken play, and net front. 403 in, Colorado goal, Nathan McKinnon, wrister from the dot, put five hole off the forecheck. 537 left, tic-tac-toe, Colorado power play goal, as Colorado's McKinnon makes a cross-seam circle to the dot pass to Rantanen. Antonin, who feeds Gabriel Landeskog for a net side tap blocker side. Colorado's power play on a penalty drawn by Ryan Graves as Vegas's Will Carrier goes after him at a stoppage. 501 left, 36 seconds after Vegas goal, William Carlson on a park net front tap past Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer on a pass from Max Petrati from the circle. 255 left, Colorado goal, McKinnon's second of the game as he blows by Vegas defenseman Nicholas Hag with speed and as McKinnon crosses the net front, puts a forehand roof glove side. 4-11 left in the third Colorado power play goal. Kale McCarr on a 1-T slap shot blast put glove side shelf from the center high slot. The lone Colorado power play goal part of a 9-minute power play that's origins began in the second period. 
with 11.54 left, Colorado's Ryan Graves delivers a clean but really fucking late hit on Vegas's Matthias Janmark after he back-passed the puck up the wall in the offensive zone. Janmark would leave the game and not return. Graves got two minutes for interference. Colorado's Tyson Jose and Vegas's Nicholas Waugh each received two for roughing. 3.47 into the third, Vegas's Pacioretty makes a big shoulder hit on Colorado's Samuel Gerard that leads to another scrum. Vegas's Patches gets two for roughing, as does Vegas's Hag, along with Colorado's Andre Burakowski and JT Comfer. 8.04 in another scrum, Vegas's Ryan Reeves, able to get his hands on Colorado Graves, wrestles him to the ice, pins him down with his knee, and then goes full pummel mode on top of Graves till he is left a bloody mess. Reeves gets four for roughing in a 10-minute misconduct, match penalty for intent to injure. That was retribution for Graves' light hit on Yanmark. Additionally, Vegas's Alex Patriangel and Zach Whitecloud and Colorado Sod and Valerie Nishnushkin all get 10-minute misconduct penalties. That gave Colorado the nine minutes of power play time that led to McCarr's goal. The NHL Player Safety Department suspends Vegas's Reeves for two games for his actions. Big saves, Colorado goalie Grubauer, 726 into the first stops Vegas's Carlson's point shot with Alex Tux providing a net front screen on a power play. 929 in, save on Vegas's Jonathan Marsha show on a power play. 915 left, big pad save on Vegas's Patrick Brown from the slot. 204 left, stops Vegas's Tuck, backhand chip from the slot. 547 left, denies Vegas's Tuck on a shorthanded breakaway. Vegas goalie Leonard, seven minutes into the first, stops Colorado Sod from the slot. 7.29 left, big stop on Colorado's McKinnon parked in the paint. 5.16, big save on Colorado's McCarr driving the slot off the cycle. 2.45 left, gets a piece of Colorado's Joe's net side chance. 9.14 left, stops Colorado's McKinnon from the slot and rebound is cleared from harm's way. 7.57 left, save on Colorado's Jonas Donskoy from the slot on the power play. 4.37 left, pad save on Colorado's Nisnushkin all alone. 9.45 into the third, stops Colorado's Colorado's Don Scoy's slot shot on a power play. 9.53 left, Walker save on Colorado's McKinnon's power play top a circle one-timer. 5.01 left, save on Colorado's Gerrard's wrister from the circle. Colorado goalie Grubauer, one goal against 24 saves for the win. Vegas goalie Leonard, seven goals against 30 saves for the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 6.51 left in the third. Colorado's Burakowski rings the short side post from the circle on a power play. Shots on goal, 37.25, Colorado. Block shots, 11-10, Colorado hits, 26-17, Vegas, power play, Colorado 2-6, for six, Vegas 0-2. Game analysis, Vegas coach Peter DeBoer chose to start goalie Robin Leonard after Vegas' seven-game series win versus Minnesota. The move from a single-game perspective backfired, but was a long series approach to rest Marc-Andre Fleury. Colorado jumped on Vegas right from the start, scoring a pair of first-period goals, and were up 4-0 under five minutes into the second, all even-strength markers. Both Colorado's power play goals were on penalties drawn by Colorado defenseman Ryan Graves as Vegas tried to get retribution for his late hit on Matthias Janmark. Vegas had one second-period goal, but Colorado had a 6-1 lead through two. Vegas spent the back half of the third killing off nine minutes of Colorado power play time. The rested Colorado team were full marks, while Vegas's Mark Stone said Vegas left goalie Leonard out to dry, who played the game start to finish with seven goals against in his first playoff start and only appearance in this series in order to rest Goy Fleury. The lopsided Colorado win was the outlier to the series as the games were closer as the series played out. 
Game two recap, Colorado three, Vegas two in overtime in Colorado. The game winning goal, the game tied at two and needing overtime. 207 in overtime, Colorado power play goal, Miko Rantanen from the slot goes short side roof off of Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury's shoulder and in for the winner. Colorado's Rantanen drew a slashing penalty on Vegas's Riley Smith, 44 seconds into overtime off of a Vegas defensive zone faceoff. Other goals, 339 to the first, Colorado open scoring. Colorado's Brandon Stone sprung for a breakaway and fans on a shot, but it goes five-hole set up on a stretch pass from Samuel Girard. 932 in Vegas power play goal, Alex Martinez one-timer from the dot beats Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer set up on a crossing pass from Max Petretti. Vegas power play on a holding penalty drawn by Jonathan show on Colorado's Alex Newhook. 252 left, Colorado power play goal. Tyson Jones scores short side over the pad after finding a soft spot in the center slot and a quick release on a pass from Gerard from the circle. Colorado power play on a slashing penalty drawn by Nathan McKinnon on Vegas's Marsha show. 932 left in the second, Vegas goal. Smith forehand, backhand, lifted shelf glove, corner breaking in all alone off Vegas's transition with speed. Big saves, Colorado goalie Grubauer, 8.36 into the first, stops Vegas' Marsha Show from the slot. 21 seconds into the second, save on Vegas' Pacioretty from the slot. 1.15, pad save on Vegas' Alex Petrangelo's point blast. 1.48 in, blocker save on Vegas' Nicholas Hag from distance. 8.42 and 8.49 in, stops Vegas' Keegan Colesar twice from the slot. 9.12 in, pad and rebound save on Vegas' Chandler Stevenson's partial breakaway, driving to the net. 3.42 left, gets a piece of his glove, and the puck goes off of the post by Vegas' Marcia Show's broken play from the slot. 13 seconds into the third, blocker save on Vegas' Mark Stone from the circle on a Colorado defensive zone turnover. 1.24 in, stops Vegas' Smith's short side off the rush on the power play. 2.33 in, denies Vegas' Pacioretty on a partial breakaway off the rush. 8.28 left, stops Vegas' William Carlson driving the net on a shorthanded breakaway, dislodging the net. 7.45 left, gets the glove on and denies Vegas' Alex Tuck on a breakaway. Backhand, forehand coming out of the sin bin as the puck goes off the backboards and into the open high slot. Vegas goalie Flurry, 126 into the first shoulder save on Colorado's Patrick Nemes point blast. 7.52 left, stops a tip by Colorado's Jonas Donskoy on Devin Taves point shot. 7.34 left, save on Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog shot parked top of the center slot on the power play. 3.45 left, stop Colorado's McKinnon one-timer on a power play. 56 seconds left, a poke check on Colorado's Landeskog on a power play. 14 seconds left, stuffs Colorado's Rantanen jam effort net side on the power play. 3.26 into the second, denies Colorado's Andre Barakowski's one-timer from the slot off the rush. 2.38 left, a pad save on Colorado's Rantanen from the circle on a 3-on-2 rush. 2.10 left, big save on Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin's chip shot from the slot. 7.52 left in the third, pad stop in close on Colorado's McKinnon, forehand as he's crossing the net front. 9.03 left, stuffs Colorado's Landeskog's net side as he spins to get a shot off. 8.07 stops Colorado's Jost from the top of the paint. 4.34 left, save on Colorado's McKinnon from the slot. 1.04 into overtime stops Colorado's Rantanen off the rush. Colorado goalie, Grubauer, two goals against, 39 saves for the overtime win. Vegas goalie, Flurry, three goals against, 22 saves for the overtime loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 137 left in the third. Vegas' Smith rings the short side post from the circle on a power play that may have went off of Vegas' tuck net front.
Shots on goal, 41-25 for Vegas. Block shots, 28-17 for Vegas. Hits, 63-46 for Vegas. The power play, 2 for 6 for Colorado, 1 for 3 for Vegas. Game analysis, another good first period by Colorado. Allows them to get the game's first goal and have the lead 2-1 after 1. Vegas outshoots Colorado 16-6 and 15-6 in the second and third periods respectively, but could only get the game-tying goal past Colorado goalie Grubauer as he faced 40 shots in regulation. Grubauer's play in the game was the reason the game goes to overtime. Colorado with more power play opportunities, including the game-winning overtime goal by Rantanen on a power play after he drew the penalty to give Colorado the man advantage is how they end up on top. It ends up being the difference as Colorado wins both their home games to start the series going up 2 to nothing in the series. Grubauer extends his playoff win streak to 6-0 and in net with the Game 2 win. Game 3 recap, Vegas 3, Colorado 2 in Vegas. The game-winning goal, 45 seconds after Vegas tied the game at 2 with 4.33 left in the third. Vegas goal, Max Pacioretty on a net front deflection on Nick Holden's point shot that goes between Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer's legs as he stays set upright to stop a rising puck that gets deflected down and in by Pacioretty. Other goals, 4.38 into the second, Vegas opens the scoring as William Carlson puts a puck skate to stick on a blocked Alex Petrangelo point shot to reach around net front and slide the puck in glove side for a Vegas goal. A minute 29 seconds later, 6.07 in, Colorado tie the game on Carl Soderberg's short side rebound goal from the circle on Vegas goalie Mark andre Fleury that goes off of his glove off of a blast off the rush by Pierre-Edouard Balmer. 5.04 into the third Colorado power play goal as Miko Rantanen walks into and rips it off of Vegas goalie Fleury's glove short side from above the circle through a screen on a fan pass play. Colorado's Kiefer Sherwood net front in the offensive zone drew a hooking penalty by Vegas's Nicholas Waugh that may have prevented a Colorado goal. 5.18 left in the third. Vegas goal ties the game as Vegas's Jonathan show alone net front gets past, fans on it in close, and from below the goal line banks it in off a of goalie Grubauer and in. Big saves Vegas goalie flurry 1.30 into the second glove save on Colorado Station Joe off the rush. 7.19 in a big save on Colorado's Brandon Sod in the slot off of Vegas defensive zone turnover. 4.27 left blocker save on Colorado's Nathan McKinnon off the rush on the power play. 9.24 into the third blocker side stop on Colorado Soderberg alone net front. 153 left pad save on Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin from the slot off the rush. 135 left stops Colorado's McKinnon's blast through traffic from the circle with Colorado playing 6 on 5. 46 seconds left, 5 hole save on Colorado's Rantanen from the slot with time. Colorado goalie Grubauer, 333 into the first stops Vegas's Petrangelo's slapper from the dot. 351 in short side save on Vegas's Chandler Stevenson's backhander off the rush. 9-11 in, stops Vegas' Alex Martinez's one-timer from the dot on a power play. 2-10 left, pad save on Vegas's Patrick Brown's slot shot. 39 seconds left, stops Vegas's Riley Smith's one-timer from the low circle on the power play. 31 seconds into the second pad save on Vegas's Mark Stone in the slot. 123 in, stops Vegas's Smith from the slot. 336 in, save on Vegas's Pacioretty's net front backhander. 151 left, Stone's Vegas's Pacioretty in close, blocker side on his stretch pass breakaway. 148 into the third, short side stop on Vegas's Nicholas Hag off the rush. 824 left, save on Vegas's Alex Tuck from the slot. 205 left, stop Vegas's Pacioretty in the slot and on a net side rebound off the rush. Vegas goalie Flurry, two goals against, 18 saves for the win. Colorado goalie Grubauer, three goals against, 40 saves for the loss. 
Post crossbars and big defensive plays. 8.23 into the second. Vegas' wall puts the puck off the short side post from distance off the Vegas cycle. 8.36 left in the third. Colorado sod puts the puck off the blocker's side post from the slot on a Colorado two-on-one. Shots on goal, 43-20 for Vegas. Block shots, 22-19 Colorado. Hits, 50 for each team. The power play, Colorado 1 for 2. Vegas 0 for 2. Game analysis. Colorado goalie Grubauer kept Colorado in a game. They started slowing. Colorado was tied after 1 because of Grubauer's play and a timely goal that had them tied after 2, while being badly outshot in the first as well. A Colorado power play goal had them in the lead, but again, Vegas pressed in a 19-8 shot and goal advantage in the third to find a way to tie and finally solve the up-to-this-game undefeated Grubauer with another 40-plus shot and goal effort. Colorado's third-line adjustments didn't pay off, nor did Colorado test Vegas goalie Fleury much with their 20-shot-on-goal performance for the game, yet we're 18 seconds away from being five minutes away from winning the game. The momentum of the tilted ice, 5-on-5, however, favored Vegas, and they, not Colorado, were rewarded for the better effort as the home team continued a winning in the series, and Colorado's lead was cut to two games to one. Game 4 recap, Vegas 5, Colorado 1 in Vegas. The game-winning goal with the score tied at 1 through 1 in minute 11 seconds. Into the second Vegas goal as Max Pacioretty beats Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer far side top corner from the circle on a 3-on-2. Other goals, 150 into the first, Colorado opens the scoring as Brandon Saad puts a net front rebound, pulling out the puck in the paint on Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. Save on Colorado's JT Confer's point shot to tap it in. 7.07 in Vegas tie game on Colorado's Patrick Nemes giveaway behind Colorado net that leads to a broken play Vegas goal. Vegas's Riley Smith puts a puck off the crossbar on a backhander cutting across the net. Vegas's Jonathan Marchessault misses the net in the paint from the sidewall. Vegas's William Carlson throws a puck backhand back net front and still in the crease and net side it goes off of Marchessault's stick into the net short side. 8.32 left in the second Vegas add to the lead with a power play goal on Marcia Show's second of the game. One-timer put far side shelf from the dot as Vegas reloads the same set play. Vegas's Alex Tuck drew the holding penalty on Colorado's Andre Burakovsky's clothesline on Tuck defending Vegas's forecheck. The after-whistle scrum had Vegas's Tuck and Colorado's JT Confer get two each for roughing, and Vegas still gets the power play with one less minor penalty. 6-0-1 into the third Vegas goal. Marcia Show completes the hat trick on a net side glove side tap-in after Vegas's Smith wins a net side puck battle and makes a backhand cross-paint pass. 6.47 left Vegas goal. Patrick Brown's top of paint wrister is stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer, but his backward momentum, he and the puck go into the net and cross the goal line. First, it was no goal by the refs on the ice. After review, it was determined to be a good goal. Colorado make a coach's challenge for goal interference to see if Vegas's stick pushes in Grubauer. The review does not reverse the good goal review, and the goal stands, and Colorado takes an additional two-minute delay of game penalty. Big saves, Vegas goalie flurry. 6.07 into the first blocker side save on Colorado's sod from the circle off the rush. 8.59 stops Colorado's Nathan McKinnon in the paint. 7.09 left save on Colorado's Kiefer Sherwood from the circle off the rush. 1.01 left short side stop on Colorado's Miko Rantanen's back Hander on the rush with teams playing four on four. 627 into the second. Shoulder save on Colorado's conference slot off the forecheck. 254 left. Short side save on Colorado Rantanen's low circle bad angle shot. 
Colorado goalie Grubar, 12 seconds into first blocker save on Vegas's Chandler Stevenson. It's on a two-on-one, 2.32 in, blocker side save on Vegas's Ryan Reeves, driving through the middle. 8.33 left stops Vegas's Max Pacioretty point blank in the slot. 3.04 into the second blocker save on Vegas's Carlson, slot backhander. 8.28 in stops Vegas's Marsha Show from the slot off the rush and Vegas's Smith on the rebound. 8.40 left save on Vegas's Marsha Show's initial one-timer from the dot on the power play prior to Vegas power play goal eight seconds later from the same spot. 1.30 left stops Vegas's Will Carrier in the paint. 5.36 into the third stops Vegas's Carrier's backhander off the rush. 5.55 in pad save on Vegas's Smith off the rush for check. 9.40 in glove save on Vegas's Braden McNabb through traffic from inside the circle slot. 5.27 left stop Vegas's Smith's one-timer from a Vegas bumper pass on the power play. Vegas goalie Fleury, one goal against, 17 saves for the win. Colorado goalie Grubauer, five goals against, 30 saves for the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 326 into the first. Colorado's Tyson Jost has a puck roll off his stick in close on a shorthanded breakaway chance. 55 seconds into the third, Colorado's Jonas Donskoy from the slot hits the blocker side post. 732 in Colorado's Kale McCarr's point shot goes off the glove side post. Shots on goal, 35-18 Vegas, block shots, 18 each hits 48-44 for Vegas. Power play Colorado for two, Vegas one for four. Game analysis, the positive for Colorado was scoring first, but the game was tied after one, and Vegas would have a 15-9 shot and goal advantage through 20 minutes. A few quick things to note. It marked the third game where Colorado gave up 35 or more shots on goal to Vegas, relying heavily on goalie Philip Grubauer. Colorado gave up the fewest average shots on goal per game during the regular season. Vegas in the series was getting way more shots through. Also, Colorado shots on goal were trending the opposite way down in each game to this point in the series, and only 18 for the game we're talking about. After the nine first period shots on goal by Colorado, only nine more through the remaining 40 minutes of the game. Colorado's Burakovsky's undisciplined penalty, allowing for Vegas to score the only power play goal of the game, and it also gave Vegas a two-goal lead through two, and they didn't look back, tying the series at two games with the home team winning each game. I should add, Colorado's top line was shut down and split up, and Vegas's second line was for the second game the best offensive line for either team. Game 5 recap, Vegas 3, Colorado 2 in overtime in Colorado. The game-winning goal, the game tied at 2. It would take 50 seconds for Vegas's Mark Stone to net the winner, going roof glove on Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer on a breakaway bar in Rister from inside the circle close to the hash marks. Stone blocked a Colorado shot in the Vegas defensive zone. After blocking the shot, he leaves the zone, and on a second Vegas block shot, the puck is passed up to Stone, having blown the Vegas defensive zone and the Colorado D-men trying to keep the puck in the offensive zone. Other goals, two seconds left in the first Colorado goal, opens the scoring off the rush from the top of the circle. Colorado's Brandon Sod goes short side as Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury gets a piece of his glove, choosing to try and catch the shot across his body on the blocker side to make the save, and he misses it. 3.32 left in the second Colorado goal. Jonas Donskoy's one-timer goes shelf blocker side corner from the high slot, center top of circle after Colorado offensive zone time and pressure off of the cycle. 103 into the third Vegas goal. Alex Tuck net front bats the puck out of the air over Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer's pad under the blocker through the arm off of a Colorado defensive zone turnover. 4.07 in Vegas goal ties the game. Vegas's Jonathan Marsha show net side, forehand lifted glove side on a three-on-one off a Colorado offensive zone turnover to create the rush as Vegas's William Carlson cuts to the middle and waits to set up the pass. 
Big saves, Vegas goalie Flurry 305 into the first save on Colorado's Devin Taves, wrister from the circle. Five minutes in, pad save on Colorado Samuel Gerard's backhand from the low circle on a deep pinch. 557 in, save on Colorado's Nathan McKinnon's slot shot through traffic off Colorado's offensive zone pressure. 714 in, stops Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin's backhander down low off the rush. 919 left, stick save on Colorado's sod deflection in the paint off the rush. 535 into the second stop, Colorado's Tyson Jost, backhand, forehand, cutting to the net, off the rush with Vegas defender Alex Pichangelo draped over Jost. 842 in, saves Colorado's Alex Newhook on a wraparound. 434 left, robs Colorado's Nishnushkin's backhand net side and Colorado's JT Confer on the rebound. 137 into the third, stops Colorado's McKinnon's wrister from the circle off the rush with speed. 550 in, short side shoulder save on Colorado's Mika Rantanen. Puck then goes off of the crossbar on a two-on-one. 804 in, five-hole save on Colorado's Logan O'Connor in alone off of a Colorado clean offensive zone entry. 640 left, shoulder save on Colorado's Nishushkin from just behind the dot off the rush. 501 left, stops Colorado's Joe skate to stick from the slot on a give-and-go with Patrick Nemeth. 10 seconds into overtime, save on Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog, off the wing, and Colorado's Confers rebound try. Colorado goalie Grubauer, 929 left in the first. Pad save on Vegas's Braden McNabb from the dot. 218 left, pad save on Vegas's Shea Theodore's point blast. 340 into the second, pad save on Vegas's Petriangelo from the circle along the sidewall. 110 left, short side save on Vegas's Tuck, backhander. That ends a 10-minute stretch of Vegas without no shot on goal. 517 into third, poke checks the puck at the top of the crease from danger. Vegas goalie Flurry two goals against 28 saves for the overtime win. Colorado goalie Grubauer, three goals against 22 saves for the overtime loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 522 left in a second. Huge goal preventing block shot by Vegas Petriangelo on Colorado's McKinnon, who wires it from the center slot. Shots on goal, 30-25 Colorado. Block shots, 26-11 Vegas. Hits, 41-31 Colorado. The power play, both teams 0-1. Game analysis, Colorado was full value for the first 40 minutes. However, they were only up two goals after two, largely due to the stellar play of Vegas goalie Flurry. Vegas scores early and ties the game four minutes, seven seconds into the third and carries the momentum into overtime. That momentary five-minute lapse by Colorado after a dominant second is more disappointing than anything. It is also becoming a bad trend. It was the third game in the series where Vegas had two third-period goals, a 6-1 goal differential over games three through five. Also, all games Vegas won. Colorado, without top-line production again, loses to a collective Vegas effort, where each of the top three lines for Vegas get a goal, and Vegas is the first team to win a game in the series on the road to go up three games to two in the series. Colorado mostly played a complete game, and yet Vegas goalie Flurry stands out as a difference maker in Vegas winning, even with his late first-period soft goal against. He bounced back and kept his team in the game to win it. Game 6 recap, Vegas 6, Colorado 3 in Vegas. The game-winning goal with the game tied at 3 late in the second period with 18 seconds left. Vegas goal off of a face-off win. Vegas's Alex Petrangelo's first of the playoffs. One-timer beats Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer over the pad under the blocker after Vegas's Alex Tuck shot wide of the net from the low circle and the puck caromed off the backboards after a Colorado defensive zone turnover. Other goals, 23 seconds into the first, Colorado opened scoring off of a Vegas neutral zone turnover. Colorado's Nathan McKinnon springs Devin Taves off the rush for a breakaway. From inside the circle, he beats Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury, far side glove, side shelf. 
115 in Vegas goal. Nick Holden's point shot wrister goals five hole off of the Vegas Psycho and appears that Colorado goalie Grubauer didn't see the shot on goal. 454 left Vegas goal. William Carlson's one-timer from the dot short side just sneaks along the ice by goalie Grubauer's pad on a cross-seam pass from Vegas's Alex Martinez off the forecheck. 347 into the second Colorado power play goal. Miko Rantanen from the high slot puts the puck off of Vegas's Zach Whitecloud skate and it goes short side over Vegas goalie Flurry Plaid under the blocker and in. Vegas's Petrangelo took a delay of game penalty, puck over glass for the Colorado power play. 533 left Vegas goal off of an offensive zone faceoff win. Vegas's Keegan Colasar deflects Petrangelo's point shot in the slot past the pad short side. 308 left Colorado goal. Andre Burakowski from the top of the circle goes far side blocker side post and in. 814 left in the third. Vegas's insurance goal. Will Carrier net side deflection goes blocker side after Vegas point shot is stick blocked by Colorado's Alex Newhook. 310 left Vegas empty net goal by Max Pacioretty from inside the Colorado blue line. Big saves Vegas goalie Flurry 630 into the second stop Colorado's Taves point shot and makes a rebound save on Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin in the paint. 759 in stops Colorado's McKinnon in the slot on the three on one keep. 619 in point blank stop on Colorado's Nishnushkin and follow up rebound save. Colorado goalie Grubauer, 136 into the first glove save on Vegas's Tuck off the rush with Matthias Janmark. 233 in, big save on Vegas's Martinez D pinch as he wires it from the circle slot. 330 stops Vegas's Nicholas Waugh in tight. 649 in, save on Vegas's Pacioretty net front at the top of the paint. 808 left in the second save on Vegas's Pacioretty as he attempts to bank the puck off of Colorado goalie Grubauer from behind the goal line. 120 into the third, stretches out for a glove save on Vegas's Carl off the rush 837 in save on vegas's carriers one-handed shovel attempt driving to the net 648 left stops vegas's mark stone net sides six on five with a pending delay penalty being called to colorado vegas goalie flurry three goals against 30 saves for the win colorado goalie grubauer five goals against 17 saves for the loss Posts, crossbars, and big defensive plays. 450 into the first. Vegas's Martinez puts it off the crossbar, glove side from the circle. 135 into the second. Vegas's Waugh rings the short side post off the rush. 727 left in the third. Colorado's Ryan Graves takes a tripping penalty drawn by Vegas's Carlson to prevent a breakaway and most likely a goal. Fights at the second period buzzer. Vegas's White Cloud and Colorado's McKinnon wrestle, and McKinnon gets a punch in on White Cloud in the exchange, yet there were no penalties for either player. Shots on goal 33 23 Colorado. Block shots 34 18 for Vegas. Hits 46 42 for Vegas. The power play Colorado 1 for 1, Vegas 0 for 1. Game analysis, Colorado again opened the scoring and in this game had a decided shot on goal advantage. In fact, for the most part, Colorado scored on its quality high danger chances. However, Flurry, with more work, was tested less in the quality of chances he faced than Colorado goalie Grubauer in less of a workload. Grubauer gave up more goals while also coming up with some bigger saves, but it was not nearly enough as Vegas had a one-goal lead both after one and two periods of play, respectively. Vegas continued their third-period goal differential trend, putting up two more goals to Colorado's none to seal the game and the series in six games. Overall series analysis. West Division Final Vegas, four games, Colorado two games. Vegas, 20 goals, four Colorado 18 goals for 
for Vegas having a plus two goal differential. The series goal differential is propped up from a Colorado perspective from the lopsided game one win and the small sample size a six game series is. The simplest way with the data is to say this in Colorado's two wins versus Vegas, they average five goals per game. The same total per game of the St. Louis series. In the four losses to Vegas, the average is two goals per game. The series average, including the wins, improves it a whole goal per game to three. Whereas the goals against in the St. Louis sweep was 1.5 goals against per game. The two Colorado wins versus Vegas, it was 1.5 goals against per game. It goes up to a whopping 4.25 goals against in the four losses. Overall, Vegas averaged 3.3 goals per game over the six-game series. Colorado didn't just stop scoring goals, but they also started giving up way more uncharacteristically as well. I will show other breakdowns additionally, but the crutch of it is this generating less offense while allowing more, and the truth permeates through the series metrics. Using the preview template, let's break down positionally and look at the keys to the series. The goaltending matchup, Colorado's expected starter Philip Grubauer and Vegas's Marc-Andre Fleury started all the games with the exception of Vegas goalie Robin Leonard taking the lopsided game one loss. As that game remains the outlier to getting a clear look at how Vegas won the series, there isn't much to looking at the stat line for Vegas's goalie Leonard's lone night. We can say that Vegas coach Peter DeBoer move looked kind of crazy through the lenses of a short-term view. I thought it was a good move prior to the game after even I wasn't so sure. The long-term view shows it was a good one in resting an older goalie under the knowledge this Colorado Vegas series had the potential like Vegas's first round series to go the distance. Here's what the two starters did in the round prior. Colorado Philip Grubauer versus St. Louis had a 1.75 goals against average, a .936 save percentage, zero shutouts, went 4-0, seven goals against, and 103 saves. By comparison, Vegas Marc-Andre Fleury, who played all seven against Minnesota, had a 1.77 goals against average, a .931 save percentage, a 4-3 mark, one shutout, 12 goals against, 161 saves. Colorado goalie Grubauer goes 2-4 and four in the series versus Vegas and had a six-game stretch where he went undefeated over the first two rounds before he, like Colorado, dropped the four that ended their season. Grubauer finishes the playoffs with a 2.61 goals against average and a 9.14 save percentage with no shutouts. In the series versus Vegas, he allowed 19 goals against and 172 saves, while allowing 7 goals against in the first 4 games. It was 16 goals against in the last 4 games in the Vegas series. Vegas goalie Fleury went 4-1 in the series, losing Game 2, then also like his team winning out the next 4. After 2 rounds, Fleury had a 1.91 goals against average, a 9.23 save percentage, and 1 shutout. That was, of course, from the Minnesota series. He allowed 11 goals against and had 115 saves versus Colorado. There are more factors at play than simply saying Fleury was better in net than Grubauer in the series. Certainly, the final four games saw Grubauer uncharacteristically allow more goals against, and I definitely feel while both goalies had a drop from their first-round play, as the stats reflect, Fleury's were closer between the two rounds. The difference between the two is found in the workload for each. 
Vegas averaged 32 shots on goal per game in the series compared to 27.2 by Colorado. During the regular season, Colorado did not allow that type of shot on goal total per game. They had the fewest average shot on goals allowed in the league per game. Versus St. Louis, it was at a 27.5 shots per game allowed, so it had gone up. Thing is, that number grew, and it definitely put more pressure on Colorado goalie Grubauer to have to make more saves in the Vegas series. However, while Colorado averaged 36.3 shots on goal per game versus St. Louis in the four-game sweep, they were at the 27.2 per game mark, while Vegas had increased upon the shots on goal per game allowed by Colorado. That's as much about team defense as it is the goaltending. And games two through six, the ones Flurry wasn't at, the shot on goal averages 25.2 per game. The lopsided game one win also had Colorado have more shots on goal than any other game of the series. So why tell you Flurry over his five starts closely maintained to his stats for the previous round, the conditions for him to do so were in place. Minnesota average shot on goal per game versus Vegas was 24.9 per game. In fact, Vegas goalie Flurry was a touch less sharp in the Colorado series. However, in Colorado goalie Grubauer's case, the conditions of the team defense in front of him was making his job more difficult, and it seems that as good as he was by the back half of the Vegas series, he wasn't as sharp, and I think it was because of having to face more shots on goal, higher quality chances, and Vegas started getting pucks past him. And considering when Vegas most found success, it was always later in the games throughout this series. Colorado needed to do a better job in insulating their goalie to win this series. They also needed more offense, but they certainly forced Grubauer to have to outperform Flurry while getting less team support for him to be able to do it, and ultimately that cost Colorado. The preview key matchup I said, can Vegas find a way to chase Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer to get an edge in the goaltending matchup that otherwise isn't there between the expected starters in the series? Vegas never did chase Colorado goalie Grubauer, but essentially they, as the series went on, found ways each game to get goals to win after the first two games of the series. Likewise, I won't rave about Vegas goalie Flurry although Game 5 might be the best one as far as his being the difference for Vegas, much in the same way Colorado goalie Grubauer's Game 2 performance was for his team. I remind you, those games, the goalie winning in overtime, faced more shots on goal than the losing goalie and still helped their team win those respective games. Having said all this, the teams had comparable goaltending in the series. The difference really can be found as I have started explaining with the shot on goal difference, is really more about the differences in the play of the respective teams offensively and, most importantly, defensively in front of the netminders. Let's talk about the defensive groups. Firstly, you have to understand your team's identity and how they play to understand effectively what I'm going to explain here. Colorado has a team defense style that is more about a quick transition game, speed through the neutral zone, creating off the rush, and then playing the puck deep as a last option. The success of that system play is driven by the elite defense group Colorado has. When Colorado is playing to their identity, there aren't too many teams in the NHL more enjoyable to watch play hockey. 
In this series, only one game was played to that Colorado style. The rest was played to the identity of Vegas's game. They found ways to exploit Colorado's transition game and otherwise keep the neutral zone more contested and generate off of their cycle game. Colorado did have times of generating off their cycle game, but it was with mixed results, and when they pressed, they got caught quite a few times. A good example is not getting the puck in deep, but trying to force point shots in overtime in Game 5, where Vegas's Stone, after a block shot, jumps the zone, and after another Vegas block shot, he is alone for a breakaway behind the Colorado D to score the game-winning goal. That puck gets down deep. Instead, Colorado is essentially playing 5-on-4, while Stone has to double back to defend. Instead, Vegas scores the game-winning overtime goal. There is such a focus on the D group helping generate offense in today's NHL. More and more, the best defenseman is who has the most points offensively than who defends better. And make no mistake, the Vegas D group defended better, and I should say played better team defense, not just the D group itself, more accurately. Through the series, Vegas averaged 4.8 shots on goal per game more. During the series, Vegas averaged 22.5 block shots per game to Colorado's 16.2. Take this for what it's worth, but if your team is giving up more shots on goal, the stat I want to see your team having an advantage in most is block shots when you're being outshot. Otherwise, to me, your goalie has to play above average to win. And when you get down to eight teams left in the playoffs, every team has really good goaltending. If they don't, they aren't there. So a goalie has to be above average against otherwise very good goaltending at the other end to make up for it. One of the two games Colorado won in the series, they had a block shot advantage. The other was the game three loss where it was Grubauer that kept Colorado in while the team was outshot 43-20, to the biggest margin in a single game over the series shot-wise. It's why I don't have much to critique on the performance of Colorado goalie Grubauer. The better way is to play better team defense. Truth is, Vegas allowed less shots on goal and had an average of 6.3 more block shots in the series per game. Notably, I will share Vegas's Game 5 and 6 wins where Colorado held a shot on goal advantage are also the games Vegas had a wide margin in block shots between the teams. The other reason I feel Colorado played to Vegas's game, then to their own, is looking at the hits for the series. This again, like block shots, is for the team, not just the D groups. Vegas averaged 37 hits to Colorado's 36 for the series, quite even. So what is the point of me talking about it? Game 1 was a 26-17 advantage for Vegas. Game 2, 22-21 for Colorado in the hits category. Both Colorado wins. However, in Game 3, it jumps up to 50 for both teams. And with the exception of Vegas only having 31 in Game 5, both teams average 42-plus hits for every game. It almost doubled the hit total. And guess what? Every single one of those games when it was double, those are Vegas wins. Colorado's puck possession in transition game draws penalties, and they should probably have fewer hits because they have possession of the puck. The emphasis on playing more physical played into the Vegas team identity more. Vegas is built to play that style. They are built to take the hits. They are built to battle. And as the games wore on, they continued to generate offense and found ways to win, while Colorado couldn't maintain that for 60 minutes of play. 
that Vegas was able to change how the series was played from game three on in this series is the best question you might want to ask yourself and furthermore why Colorado up two games to none got so far away from what makes them successful and that's where you will find what's needed to beat Vegas in the future. Rather than say you want to trade away a ton of guys off a President's Trophy winning team, get a different above average goaltender when you have one already, or simply figure out how to play to your team identity would be the better answer, more than the team you're playing against does. Colorado's Ryan Graves late hit on Vegas's Matthias Janmark, looking back on it as we reflect on the series, much like Colorado's Nazem Kadri's hit in the St. Louis series, weren't in of themselves deal breakers in their respective moments. But in both cases, it did raise the level of physicality of each series that Colorado needed to win using skill in. Colorado's quick up and transition game and not getting stuck in the defensive zone are part and parcel. When they are doing it effectively, it doesn't simply drive offense. It allows Colorado to spend less time in their own zone defending. And that wasn't the case in this Vegas series. Looking at offense from the defense groups, it looks as though Colorado matched Vegas in that category over the six-game series as well. Two goals, 15 assists, 17 points for Colorado, to Vegas's three goals, 13 assists for 16 points. Truth is, the Game 1 7-1 win for Colorado accounts for one of those Colorado goals and six assists for seven points alone in the one game. For example, Colorado defenseman Kill McCarr led all D-men in points for the series with seven points. Four of those points were in Game 1 alone. He had three points the remaining five games of the series, and considering McCarr is generally a point-per-game player, and technically, with the help of that one big game he had point-wise, he actually was. So it's not hard to argue that he mostly wasn't a point-per-game player, however, through games two through six, when he had three points over the five games. Still, he was productive. However, the narrative that Vegas's D group was a big reason for their success is puffery on the offensive side of the game. Vegas, as a D group, had the same goal production versus Minnesota with three goals as they did versus Colorado and had a whopping two more assists between the series. Let's go back to the block shots as a metric for defensive play that we can track. Colorado's Ryan Graves led the Colorado D group with 13 block shots. The other two that made double digits in that metric were McCarr and Sam Girard with 10 apiece. The other top four D-man for Colorado, Devin Taves, had eight for the series. Compare that to Vegas's block shot leader of their D group for the series. Alex Martinez had 26 for the series, edging out teammate Alex Pechangelo with 22. They both added a goal, and simply my argument here isn't that Vegas was better offensively. They were comparatively as good, but Vegas was stronger on the defensive game to help Vegas win the last four games of the series. Additionally, five Vegas defensemen had double-digit block shots during the series. Remember, Colorado only has three. Zach Whitecloud had 15, Shea Theodore 12, and Nick Holden with 10, and he played five games in the series, not six, like the rest of the guys listed for either team thus far. Defensively, Vegas getting back Braden McNabb, also from a defensive standpoint, helped Vegas. 
Vegas's Nicholas Haig had three block shots in his four games played early in the series. McNabb had four block shots in the three games played, which were all Vegas wins that he played in the latter part of the series. Also, it's worth noting that bottom pair Colorado defenseman Patrick Nemeth and Connor Timmins were the least impactful of either team's D-men in the series, and Vegas was able to exploit that. Simply, the strength of the transition game, skating the puck out of the defensive zone for Colorado and contributing to the offense, became less noticeable when the games became more physical. Colorado's D-group wasn't playing to its strength that won them the president's trophy and that showed and that's why they didn't win the series the two key defensive matchups we were going to look at colorado's kale mccarr versus vegas's shea theodore first thing i'm over theodore after watching him this season there is more hype on him than any other defenseman right now in the national hockey league theodore had four assists he didn't have a goal through two rounds Theodore was not Vegas's most impactful defenseman, and certainly from a defensive standpoint, most of Vegas's D group were actually better than him. Kale McCarr, with his goal and three assists game one, was more impactful in a single game of the two of the defensemen that we were keying on. He added three more assists during the series, but definitely as a top pair guy, he also wasn't strong on the defensive side of things. Truthfully, McCarr should have had more impact in those games two through six than he did over the course of the series. I think we forget how young McCarr still is. I would rather have McCarr than Theodore, to be clear, on my defense group any day of the week. This head-to-head to me was a draw in the series. Neither tilted the ice for their team as their potential gives them the ability to do, or in Theodore's case, the overabundance of hype as well. The second matchup we looked at Colorado's Devin Taves versus Vegas's Alex Pachangelo. I put this pair of D-men opposite each other as they were both the big additions to each team's decor in the offseason. Both finished the series with a goal and three assists for four points. Taves for Colorado was the team leader of defensemen in time on ice, edging McCarr by a minute over the 10-game played by Colorado in this year's playoffs. Vegas's Petrangelo had over 20 blocked shots while Colorado's Taves had eight and the defensive impact arguably to me gives a nod to Petro for the series. Overall it's fair to say from a Vegas perspective the veteran three of their top four Petrangelo, Martinez and McNabb in his games defensively played better than Colorado's younger group of McCarr, Taves and Gerard and we can include Graves. One thing not talked about enough was Colorado losing defenseman Eric Johnson for most of the season and the whole playoffs, like a year ago when he wasn't able to finish the round that Colorado ended up being knocked out in. He is a top four guy, and he's a veteran, and that would have been a settling vet presence to a D group that Colorado didn't have available this year. It would have, I believe, sheltered Graves' minutes, with either Timmins or Nemeth as a bottom pair, and also given Gerard the ability to play more to his game style with a stronger D partner opposite him. Would it have changed the outcome entirely? Hard to say, but it certainly would have improved Colorado's odds. One more thought on Boehm Byram not playing, as this seemed to bother fans. At the age of this defensive group in Colorado, 
How Coach Bednar would have deployed Byram is hard to say. For example, do we think him playing over Timmins or Nemeth moves the needle in the series on the bottom pair? I'm not quite sure it does. That's not a knock on the type of player Byram will be. He's going to be a top four NHL defenseman. The style of game this series ended up taking saw Gerard struggling, and a lot of people are complaining about that. But isn't essentially Byram a younger prospect with that same skill set? So the thinking of having more puck-moving defensemen is great, but it only is if that's the game Colorado was successfully playing, and this series, for the most part, that moved away from that style of game. And for those suggesting swapping Gerard for Byram, you would arrive at the same place. Don't be a fan who thinks swapping the personnel or players is affixed to a team not playing a series to their strength, as is the case in this series. Colorado has a good young D group, and arguably the best prospect pool age-wise of any D group in the NHL. Do they need some more time to mature? Absolutely. And then they're going to be an absolute powerhouse defensive group. And this absolutely will be if Joe Sackick does one thing, not listen to stupid fans and break up his D group. Let's look at the forwards and the skill game up front and the offense. Colorado had the top line trio, McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, that Vegas couldn't match production-wise, so a Vegas key was being able to shut them down. Over the St. Louis series, taking out empty net goals, all had six points in the four-game sweep and combined for six goals. Over the six games versus Vegas, the trio ended up with eight goals and 17 points. The trouble is how much of that total was simply propped up from the lopsided win in Game 1, five of the trio's eight goals. In fact, that leaves only three goals by Rantanen as the only goal production for the remaining five games of the Colorado Vegas series. Furthermore, Coach Bednar, midway through the series, broke up the line to try and balance out his top six scoring. The move simply didn't work. If the defensive side of the game slides, the Colorado top line had to produce to compensate for it to win. It didn't, so Vegas accomplished their mission. Vegas having Max Patch ready to play with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson is a big deal for them. Stone is better with Patches playing with him, and that's something Vegas didn't have for most of their series versus Minnesota. In the West Final, it was ideally going to be a best-on-best matchup that Vegas really needed to come out even in goal production in. Essentially, shutting down Colorado's best line was more important than Vegas's top line putting up goals. It didn't matter if Vegas's top line scored. The key to the matchup was preventing Colorado's top line from having a monster series. Stone had one goal and Pacioretty had three goals that if you take out the Colorado big game one, that essentially combines for a goal more than Rantanen's total if we just think of the line matchup before the series and the coaches' adjustments. Brandon Saad, like Rantanen, had four goals in the series. Three goals after game one, also like Rantanen. If you want to calculate that into the top line scoring based on the line adjustments, it's understandable. But let's keep it in the traditional line combos for Colorado just to demonstrate what will basically work out to be the top six scoring in the end for both teams. 
Sods 3 with Burakovsky and Donskoy with a goal each. And keep in mind, I took out all of Colorado's goal production in the 7-1 Game 1 win. Over a third of Colorado's goal total production from the series was in that one game. They needed more of a balance through the whole series to be able to win the series. We have Colorado's top six at eight goals, not including Game 1. Vegas's second line of Marsha Show, Carlson, and Smith are the driving force offensively for Vegas. It's not even the Stevenson line at all. And the Marsha Show, Carlson, and Smith line, they didn't do that against Minnesota. That was the line Colorado, it turned out, needed to shut down, and they didn't. Marsha Show, five goals. Carlson, three goals. And Smith, one goal, is nine goals over the series. And that is a goal more than Colorado's entire top six production. It shouldn't have happened, but that's what did happen. By comparison, that trio had three goals, one each, in the seven-game series versus Minnesota. They tripled their goal production as a line versus Colorado. Once you add Vegas's top lines, four goals, and Vegas's D group finished a goal ahead in goal production, that puts insurmountable pressure on Colorado's bottom six to actually have to make up the difference. The thing is, that isn't generally ever the case as Colorado's top line usually sets the pace, then the additional depth scoring just allows Colorado to win comfortably as they did in the regular season or in the first round. Vegas's top six, 13 goals to Colorado's eight goals through games two through six. That's unimaginable that it favored Vegas that much. Colorado only had a pair of goals from their bottom six, Jost and Soderberg, the latter Soderberg, who played two games in the series. That's it. It doesn't make up for Colorado's lack of top six production. That mostly is because Vegas' second line was actually the line that drove goal production for either team in this series. For Vegas, we still need to add four more goals we haven't counted that we will call their bottom six scoring. Arguably, if you want Tuck's goal as top six instead of Stevenson's no goals, that's all right. It just adds to the discrepancy of the top six comparison to more favor Vegas, but instead will this put Tuck as third line depth scoring along with Carrier, Colsar, and Brown, who also had goals for four total. So Vegas's bottom six production doubled Colorado's. Remember, that is taking out game one for Colorado, but the swing is, as I said off the top, Colorado's even strength goals were two goal or one goal per game after game one. Meanwhile, Vegas in the four games they won had three even strength goals or more, and it was rather collectively, but driven by that second line. The special teams component I will get to soon on how that factors into the series. However, the dominance in 5-on-5 goal production and getting Colorado's top line separated is everything for Vegas winning this series. Colorado missing Nazem Kadri to suspension shouldn't be forgotten. He performed well in the 2020 playoff bubble. How quickly was that forgotten by the fan base? You do remember that he was tied for the team lead in postseason goals a year prior to this one. And his presence would have balanced out this top six. It probably also would have bolstered Burakovsky's goal production. That's hard to say. But Kadri, as well as his production, also is defensively sound, and that's something that Colorado lacked in this series. It shouldn't have affected the ability of Colorado to have top six production, yet in this series it did because no one replaced it. 
You can, with an abundance of top-line goal production, overcome it, but Colorado simply didn't do it. With the exception of Rantanen and Saad, there was no top six goal production for Colorado in games two through six from McKinnon and Landeskog. Burakovsky had a goal, and whomever replaced Kadri at second line center didn't produce at all. The top six goal production of the two that did only works if you aren't allowing a single line from your opponent to put up goals equal to your whole top six production, which is what Vegas's second line did. As we look at the bottom six, Nishnushkin, Balmer, Comfer were all outplayed, held without goals in games two through six, and then it was a revolving door who else Colorado had in the lineup in the bottom six. Sample Rant in two games, Sherwood, O'Connor as well. New Hook in four games played, and as I mentioned, Soderberg, who had a goal, only played two games. I suppose it was to inject energy. It just left Colorado with even less continuity on its forward group lines. The key offensive matchups, I decided rather than put one Colorado player from their top line to actually put Colorado's top line versus Vegas's top line. Colorado's top line didn't, as I have explained, drive the offense for Colorado as they usually do. Only Rantanen had goals, not in game one, and the trio was broken up to no benefit as the series continued. Vegas's top line didn't really outperform the trio as far as goal production. They did keep it even, and for Vegas to win this series, that's essentially what they had to do. Then, that allowed the second line of Vegas to do the damage, and collectively, Vegas to win out. The second key matchup, I looked to Colorado's Brandon Saad versus Vegas's Alex Tuck. I put these two opposite each other as key dynamic wingers for their teams that didn't play on the top line for either team. At times in the series, both actually ended up playing on the top line. Tuck only had a goal in the series and Saad with three goals in games two through six four for the whole series was one of colorado's best players that's why there is a difficulty in hockey keying in on specific players as to predicting the outcome in this case there is no doubt sod was more impactful in a losing cause than tuck was in vegas winning the series if i had put vegas's marcia show here instead of tuck or burakovsky instead of sod it would be very close in the matchups impact tuck had a quiet series he was one of the few vegas players that did sod had a great series he was one of the few colorado players that did here's the special team's impact on the series colorado six for 18 33.3 percent success percentage vegas two for 13 15.4 percent success percentage on the power play this series, more than anything, reminded me that even in Colorado's first round series sweep over St. Louis, Colorado's power play helped boost the team's success in three of the four games of that series versus St. Louis, and Colorado's power play was only 3% better. So what's the difference in round two? It's like a 3% drop. It's actually everything about winning and losing in this series. Colorado had two power play goals in game one, and game two both wins two for six both games in the four games colorado lost they were two for six the thing is is that is the same power play metric but over four games not a single game the additional power play goals in the two games vegas overcame on even strength goal production in the games vegas won Colorado with less power plays couldn't boost their goal production in those losses and it turns out that was part of the winning formula this postseason for Colorado. 
The power play metrics for Colorado were excellent for the playoffs and consistent, and in this series, 12 power play opportunities in the two games they won and six over the four games they lost is really a factor. Vegas's power play success wasn't good, and in the one game they held a special teams advantage, they also had four even-strength goals to Colorado's one in that game. They could have not scored on the power play and still won the series once they didn't let Colorado's power play be the difference. Think of Colorado's 37 shot on goal high in game one. Colorado played almost half the third period on a power play in that game. So if it felt like a tilt in possession, just remember power plays were a vehicle to drive Colorado to pace the play. Without it, That's why it felt like Vegas tilted the ice more. Vegas were better 5-on-5, and the more the games were played under those conditions, games 3, 4, 5, and 6 especially, the better for Vegas. They actually had a drop on their own power play success and still won the series. Essentially, I'm trying to say that Colorado had a dependency on getting power play goals to help prop up their goal production, and in the games they won, you can see that the power play helped do that. What didn't happen when they didn't have that to boost their goal production, they simply didn't win. Looking at the coaches, Colorado's Jared Bednar, Vegas's Peter DeBoer. I said in the preview, Vegas coach DeBoer had the playoff experience not here. DeBoer's choice to play Leonard didn't pay off in a win in Game 1, but it did allow Flurry to rest, and he was good through the remaining series, which Vegas did win. It also should be noted that 5-on-5, Vegas was a better team in the matchups, and that was a big reason why Vegas won the series. Colorado's Bednar did not succeed with his top six adjustments after breaking up the top line. You won't have me disagree if you want to say he should have kept them together. I think he should have. Also, the energy of the bottom six rotation had really no impact to generating offense for Colorado. The key learning point for the coach is finding a group less reliant on special teams. And also, once Caudry was suspended, Colorado just isn't as strong up the middle after Nathan McKinnon. Bednar did lead this group to the President's Trophy this year. And you have to be a pretty decent coach to do that. In the preview, I said the coach's line adjustments in the matchups is something to watch to see if an edge can be found here. DeBoer and Vegas found that edge. Final thoughts. This is a series most wanted to see for the West Division Final. And it lived up to the billing. It was good. I said in the preview there are four true cup favorites left going into this series. Only two of those teams will remain at the Final Four. Those teams, of course, were Colorado, Vegas, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. That only Tampa Bay is in the NHL finals of that group is simply a good reminder that being in the cup contender conversation is one thing. It's still absolutely hard each and every year to get to the final and ultimately win it. This recaps the West final series. Up next for Central Division Hockey, the podcast, I will begin the year-end 2021-22 Central Division team-focused podcast in reverse finish order, beginning with the teams Arizona, Chicago, and Dallas that missed this year's playoffs and then continue through. Colorado will be the last of the eight teams as they had the best season of the focused teams. Those team-focused podcasts will include grading players, the coach, and GM this year, and where a complete look for each team will be for this season and a true overview for the season. 
Additionally, there will also be an NHL expansion and NHL draft recap podcast that focus on the eight teams for the 2021-22 Central Division and individual team-focused free agency podcasts for when that happens later in July. Those are going to be follow-up podcasts complementing the overview team-focused ones from this past year. Essentially, you can expect a reasonable amount of off-season content from the podcast. I haven't decided what to do about the expansion draft pre-coverage quite yet either, or what I'm doing as far as an NHL draft preview. The big drawback on both Colorado and Winnipeg not advancing past the second round was that it took away the urgency of getting a preview podcast up for the Final Four, and thus the series recaps didn't get up as quickly as possible either. What it did afford was to give me a break for the first time since training camp. My prediction was Colorado in six, Vegas one and six, and was eliminated in the semifinal against Montreal. Who'd have thunk that? This is the beginning chapter of the Colorado-Vegas rivalry. These teams will cross paths in the Western Conference again, to be sure.